old school Paul, new school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the beta, they be grading players, all it's done is. Made the piper pay me, and they've been grinding lately. Up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me. It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas. Instead, I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list. Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shaped button, I don't want you to miss this. But I guess that's really none of my business nope. Me risky free, cruise with pollen, Justin, just listening Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents' kisses But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference Relationship is deep in this vent of ellipses Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes I'm just grateful Paul turned the miss into the missus Father, son, pie, get down on the get down If you don't get it now, then get, get out Father, son, pie, sit down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what is going on everybody this is the father son fantasy football podcast my name is justin normally you'll hear my dad's voice paul first but he's at a golf league right now probably winning that man's loves to golf you can see it in his profile picture at paul fsff on twitter golf league champion so he's gotta do his thing and try, try to get that you know the repeat championship. That's what we like to do here. We like to win championships. And in order to help people win championships, I'm continuing this great guest lineup. We are joined by Joe Dolan from new site, Fantasy Points. What's going on, Joe? Hey, man. What's up? Uh, I, uh, your dad's, like I said to you off air, your dad's doing what we probably wish we were doing right now, <laughs> playing some golf. But no, man, uh, he's got a, what does he shoot, by the way? He's a four handicap. He usually shoots seventy five for eighteen, seventy four for eighteen usually. So, so, um, so, so you're you're saying he's an asshole? <laughs> Correct. I, uh, I usually shoot seventy four over about twelve holes. So that's 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 yeah, usually no. my. Uh, but no, he's really good. now he's a really good player. I, now that's somebody I could use some pointers from. So. Hey. I, I'm out here talking. We're talking fantasy here. I could use pointers from a four handicap. That is an absolute <laughs> fact. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I well, you'll have to get me back on here to talk to your dad just so we can talk golf. A hundred percent. He he would love to talk golf, man. I can talk golf all mm-hmm. day. So hopefully he's doing well out there. We'll probably hear about it next episode. But we got some great topics today, and I'm excited to talk about it because I don't get to talk about these guys that much because I already gloat about them way way too much. My dad would say. But let's kick it off with Alvin Kamara. This year is currently going as to running back four on average, fifth overall. I want to know where you have him ranked, and are you going to take him at that price, and are you concerned about a holdout at all? He hasn't said the H word yet. He hasn't said, I'm going to hold no. out, but he is a candidate to hold out. You know, and you, we, we always talk about these running backs, first and foremost, to touch on the holdout thing. We always talk about how little leverage they have, and, you know... I made a tweet a couple of uh, weeks ago when Dalvin Cook said he was going to hold out that I thought Dalvin Cook had more leverage than Melvin Gordon. And what I meant by that was Dalvin Cook seemed to have a modicum of leverage while Melvin Gordon had none. Um, and and I still believe that, that you know the Vikings have built a run-first offense. And when it comes to Kamara, he hasn't said he will, um, but I would think he does have some leverage because – the thing about the Saints is they are they are win now. That's what they are. They are. I mean, this could very well be Drew Brees' last season if he doesn't piss off all his teammates along the way. 
Um, it, it could be his last year. So you want to have as strong a team as possible. And, you know, you could say all you want about the running back position and the Saints might not be an, a much worse team with Latavius Murray than with Alvin Kamara, but nobody can can think Latavius Murray can do the same things Kamara can. So I think he probably would have decent leverage because that's the type of team that wouldn't want to lose a player of his caliber. Um, that, But all, all that considered, he hasn't said he's holding out. I don't anticipate he will. So I currently have him at number four. Okay. Um, and I can see the case for him as high as, heck, even two or three. Ooh. Um, I'm not taking him over McCaffrey and I'm not taking him over Saquon. You know, Zeke, I know, I I know Zeke has the coronavirus now, not even a factor for me because Mm -hmm. he's asymptomatic, like doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me. But the question I have with it could Kamara just have more of an efficiency output. You know, he was clearly banged up last year. I'll take him fourth right now. I had him probably fifth before the Dalvin Cook holdout. I so happened I drew fifth in a ton of best balls, so I'm overexposed to Kamara already. That go. is certainly a player I am do not mind being overexposed to. I think he's going to have a huge year. Yeah, Alvin Kamara really can't go wrong with any of these first-round guys. I mean, you, can, you can't go wrong. You can take David Johnson last year or the year before that and have your team just go down the toilet. But Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. I think he's kind of a robot because you look at his reception totals for every year he's been in the league. Rookie year, 81 catches. Yep. Sophomore year. 81 catches. He did even last year, 81 catches. I don't know if he has a, some kind of thing with that number, but he keeps getting it done. He's averaged 100 targets each of the past three years, and he had that high ankle sprain. He suffered week six and said he was only playing on one leg for 75% of the season. He tweeted that out. So he's healthy this year. Everyone saw his uh, off-season workouts last year when he was standing on the two exercise balls and like, catching the, like, the color of the, I don't know. I, that's a hand coordination I don't even want to try to do because I'm just going to fall off those balls. But he's seen touchdowns. Rookie year, mm-hmm. 13 touchdowns. Sophomore year, 18 touchdowns. Last year, comes down to six. You give him some positive touchdown regression, which is probably imminent, he goes right back up to where he always was. And he has never seen more than 19 rush attempts per game, which people are going to say, okay, he doesn't get the carries. But we know a target, Scott Barrett, he infamously says, 2.83 times as much as a carry. Mm-hmm. So targets is what I like to see for running back. He was still the running back nine in 2019, the running back four in 2018, and the running back three as a rookie. Last season, he was still seventh in juke rate, which is evaded tackles per touch, so he still got it done even on one leg. And not only did he see the second most targets to Michael Thomas in the red zone, but also overall on the team, not just in 2019, but in 2018 and 2017 too. So even with less carries, he makes up for that with the floor play of all the targets he gets each game. So I'm, I'm riding Alvin Kamara. He's my RB3 right now ahead of Zeke. I see the argument for Zeke. I'm not going to say, oh, you're wrong, you're stupid. It's going to be like pick whoever you like. And here's the other part, part, side of that, if you don't, don't mind me interjecting. Yeah, of course. If, if, say, let's say you have Kamara ahead of Zeke and you draw the third pick in 10 best ball drafts, you know, you might do seven Kamara, three Zeke, or eight Kamara, two Zeke, because you don't want all your eggs in that basket because you say, oh, yeah, I have them ranked ahead. But that doesn't mean you're like, I'm putting all my eggs in the basket that he's going to finish higher than him. Like, so that's why with best ball, you're like, oh, you have you have Kamara ranked fifth, but you took Dalvin Cook on this team. You have Kamara ranked fifth, but you took Joe Mixon on this one team. Well, there's there's your reason. So you're not 100% overexposed when you value players similarly. We're not smart enough, yeah. you know, to to figure out the, the which guy's going to score if they if they play a full season. Um, 
which guy's going to score 15 to 20 more points than the other guy, the guy who's going to score one to two more points per game. We're not smart enough to figure that out. We can have our guesses, but you want to diversify a little bit. So it, I think we're it's both sides of the same coin, right? If, if you're picking third, you might take seven Kamara, three Zeke. Yeah. I might take seven Zeke, three Kamara, but it, you're putting this, the, the players in a similar tier. Yeah, especially in best ball, like you want where you want to right. have a little bit more diversification. Yeah, diversification. Can't even speak right now. But if, if one of them gets injured, then that's a zero for all your rosters. Whereas if you take the other ones and you have them yeah. closely ranked, like you mentioned, what's the point? A guy I'm not going to have a lot of this year because I'm lower on him than a lot of people is Aaron Jones. Last year, you saw what he did in Matt Lafleur's offense. He he flourished. Part of that, I believe, is because of. Jamal Williams going down with a concussion early in the season. Then you saw Devontae Adams had that nasty turf toe, took him out for a lot of games, and you saw Aaron Jones' targets spike in those games, having 7, 4, 4, and 7, just getting a lot of the passing game work. Are you buying him at that price, Joe, or are you going to probably pass on him in some situations? Well, what ADP what ADP are, do you th- are, are you looking at right now? I look at or, fantasy or... pros averaged through a bunch of different sites, so they give you like the, the mean of it. So he's, yeah, yeah, so... At a first round ADP, I don't love him, yeah. um, but I don't mind him in kind of that early to mid second round where I have gotten him in some best balls. And best ball, I think, is important because the one one thing I will tell say about Jones is how many players on that team are better receivers than Aaron Jones? I would say one. <laughs> Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams is probably the only one. Um, so, I mean, I think you can make a case for Lazard. I don't feel great about that. You can make a case for Jay Sternberger, who I like, but, you know, has basically only played in the playoffs. Um, so that's the one thing I, I, I point to with Jones, even if you're like, oh my God, they drafted Dylan in the second round. But the problem with Jones is, you know, the touchdowns are coming down. Yeah. You, you know, any player in, in, in football could score 19 touchdowns and you're taking the under. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Um, so I'm okay with him in the second round. Um, the interesting debate for me is Aaron Jones or Kenyon Drake. Is it somebody who had a massive half season and theoretically, theoretically, has less competition for touches, uh, like or had one great half season, or somebody in Aaron Jones who's who's flashed for multiple years and then put together a nice full campaign last year. That's the interesting debate to me because I think Kenyon Drake in in current fantasy is the sexier name. Like yeah. he's he, he's hot, he's hotter than Aaron Jones. People want more Drake than they want of Jones, and I actually think that's really the debate for me. In addition to um, two other guys who I have in that tier in Austin Eckler and and Josh Jacobs, and that's another one of those tiers where I think you could have four guys with four different opinions. But for me, if I had four fantasy teams, I might draft four different guys because I, I, I don't. I'm not terribly confident in my evaluation of that tier. And that's just acknowledging what we don't know. That's acknowledging that we can't be perfect in our knowledge. So that's where the interesting debate comes in for me. I'm in on Jones in the second round. I probably would pass in the first, though. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Second round's where it gets interesting. It depends what other running backs are on the board. If a guy like Miles Sanders is on the board, I'm, I'm calling Miles Sanders 10 auto times. Pick. Yeah, it's auto-pick Miles Sanders in auto the second round. Last season, Aaron Jones saw 46.7% of his fantasy points from the red zone. That's third most among all running backs. And he was fourth among all players running back wide receiver tight end in red zone catch percentage at 83%. So they do utilize him in the red zone as they should. 
Drafting A.J. Dillon makes it a little concerning because maybe you think yeah. bigger bruiser back. He'll get some of the inside the five carries and stuff like that. Second among fantasy points last year. I think everyone knew that because if you had him on your team, you probably won a championship with his nice fantasy playoff performance. We talk about the regression. It's basically imminent. There's no way you're going to have 19 again. I mean, that, that's crazy if he does that. Good for him. Eighth, innovative tackles per touch. Very talented. We know he's the best in the backfield, but he had 236 carries last year. A big part of that is because Jamal Williams was injured, and now you also factor in that they drafted A.J. Dillon after the fact that Matt LaFleur said he wants to use a committee approach, which is unfortunate because everyone, fantasy owners, for the last couple years was just like, I want to see Aaron Jones get the bulk of the carries. Give this guy 300 touches, see what happens. Last year, you got kind of a glimpse at that. Last season, he also had the seventh best game script. If that regresses this year, you can guarantee you when they're in negative game script that Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to lean on Devontae Adams over Aaron Jones when they're behind and trailing. So he does very good. I'm not going to have any problems with him. Like Joe said, though, second round is where I'll be considering him. First round, no way. And if you're in your home leagues or whatever or not, you may have a lot of people liking that recency bias and taking him in the first round. So odds are I'm not going to be getting a lot of Aaron Jones in my leagues. A guy I'm going to be getting a lot of, though, is Joe Mixon. I'm all aboard the Joe Mixon hype train, baby. I mean, Joe, I know you like Joe Mixon as well. Currently going as the running back 7, 11th overall on average. So what's his outlook? And once again, he's also a holdout candidate. He mentioned it earlier, but now it's like there's not a lot of hype on it because Dalvin Cook's talking. So yeah, um, the holdout is the only thing that worries me. Quite honestly, um, I would take Mixon as high as fifth right now. There you go. Yep. Um, I, I have him ahead of Dalvin Cook just because of that holdout. Now, I mean, Mixon could decide to hold out himself, um, but when I watch Mixon and I'm doing um, running back player profiles for FantasyPoints.com, we're gonna have some like full player profile, full breakdowns. And I've been basically grinding through and watching every single running back that we have projected so I can write a good evaluation. And watching Joe Mixon, I mean, we all look, we all know that running backs don't matter discussion. You can have it with a million people and we won't say anything new that nobody has said on either side of the equation. But watching Mixon, I truly did have moments where I'm like, I'm not sure how many guys are doing what he just did. And and he was constantly beat up behind that offensive line. And, I mean, he's taking hits two, three yards behind the offensive line, and he's turning them into four or five-yard gains. Like, he had some three, four-yard runs, which were as impressive as some of the longer runs you'll see from a Saquon Barkley. Just getting hit, getting contacted, having no chance, and turning it into a positive. And it took him a while. Like, I was in on Mixon last year. I just did not expect the Bengals to be as bad as they were. Um, I didn't expect the offensive line to be as bad as it was. The Jonah Williams injury obviously hurt. But then I, towards the end of the year, you know, somebody who had him in some industry leagues, including the flex leagues that we do on, that live on SiriusXM, I had him. He, won, he was a championship winner. He was, he was a legitimate down-the-stretch championship winner uh, before he got diary in Week 16. And I know he played he played through that, but he looked sluggish. But now he was a legitimate championship winner, and I just don't see any way on earth this Bengal offense isn't better than it was last year. I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Andy Dalton missed, what, half the games last year? You know, they benched him for uh, – who, who even was the – Ryan Finley. Finley. Yeah. yeah, where they benched him. For, I, I was thinking Jeff Driscoll. I was like, yeah, no, he was thing. with the line. That was two years ago. But, like, you know, they, they wanted to see what they had with Ryan Finley. It's There's just no way – and A.J. Green didn't play. Mm-hmm. There's no way that offense is going to be worse. You add Jonah Williams back into the equation. You add Joe Burrow to the equation. 
you draft T Higgins, add him to the mix. It's going to be a better offense. You know, I I'm super high on Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, it might be presumptive to say, um, he's going to be, or presumptuous to say he's going to be better than Andy Dalton, at least as a rookie, maybe not. I think he's a much better prospect than Dalton. Um, so I, I would expect him for his career to be better than Dalton, but I just don't see how that offense isn't better. And that's going to help Joe Mixon. The one thing that I wish they would do because he's so good at it is, is get him the ball in the passing game. And I understand they had Gio Bernard. Um, they like Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard's carved out a niche. Um, they've they've um, extended Gio Bernard. Um, but I wish they would get mixing the ball in the passing game because he's got that kind of skill. Just watching this guy, there were maybe two or three guys watching in, in the league uh, when I when I did this breakdown that I would put in Mixon's class talent-wise, and that would be McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. um, these different players, but who I would put in his class talent-wise would be McCaffrey, Barkley, and Nick Chubb, like just in terms of watching guys and thinking, uh, uh, in terms of a completely all-around skill set, Mixon is top five in the NFL, and and I think he's I he, he's somebody I'd be comfortable making my top half of my first round pick on. Hundred percent agree with that. Mixon definitely one of the most talented backs in the NFL. Bill Belichick says he's the best running back in the NFL. So if Bill Belichick says that, I guess that means something because, sheesh. But. You mentioned it, a tale of two halves last year. So after the first half was a disaster. Most people gave up on Mixon, possibly traded him away. But from weeks 10 to 17, when the Bengals returned from their bye week, the Bengals used him more of a workhorse and focal point of their offense. They started Ryan Finley for three weeks. But even after that, they, they let their offense run through Mixon constantly. Mixon handled 49.9% of the team touches over his final eight games. His 193 touches and 994 yards from scrimmage trailed only Christian McCaffrey's 196 opportunities and 1,148 yards over that span. And he was the running back four overall in fantasy scoring. And that's from Rich Rebar from Sharp Football. So great little finding there. And that's just how dominant he can be in that bad offense with Ryan Finley and Andy Dalton. So Joe Burrow, big, big boost. Even as a rookie, it's a big, big boost. Jonah Williams, their first-round pick last year, offensive tackle, big, big boost. Offensive line's healthy, improved offense. They can't stack the box as much now because you got Joe Burrow in an offensive scheme that's going to kind of want to air it out. His prospect profile is great. Graham Barfield from Fantasy Points, he still ranks first in yards created and second in missed tackles in his five years of charting. 92nd percentile speed score as well, which is very key for running backs. He had the most missed tackles last year with 104 and was second among all in yards created, while his offensive line was 61st among all running backs in run blocking efficiency. 61st. I can't even name 55 running backs right now, Joe, to try to tell you who was better in him. That's how bad it was. So it's nowhere to go but up. You add in all these pieces, it's wheels up for Joe Mixon. Easily top five running back upside in his seal. I mean, you got to get him at the RB7. I'll take him at RB5, like you said. If I'm in my best ball drafts, I'll take him at the five spot in some leagues. I don't I don't care. You got to get him because you're not going to get him in the second round. So the offensive concerns last year are gone. You got Joe Burrow. A.J. Green's back healthy. Jonah Williams is back healthy. And he only missed four games in three seasons. So he is a durable player, too. It's wheels up. Just hopefully they give him more passing work. That's as, Like you mentioned, he's very talented with the ball in his hands. Just give him more targets. It's not hard. Zach Taylor should figure that out. So all aboard the Joe Mixon hype train. And now here's the moment I've been waiting for his whole show. Let's talk about Miles Sanders, baby. So Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon, two of my favorite running backs. Miles Sanders currently going as a running back 12. So right in front of Aaron Jones, according to Fantasy Pros, on the average ADP. So what's his outlook for you? Are you like We had J.J. Zacharyson come on the show. His bold prediction was Miles Sanders finishes as a top three running back in the league. 
I think it's a bold take I can definitely see happening, but I want to hear your thoughts on Miles Sanders this year. Yeah, so um, I, I love the kid. Um, I'm, full disclosure, I, I'm currently, for the next month at least, I live in State College, Pennsylvania. So I've watched both Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley play in person quite a bit. Um, and what I saw from Miles last year was just uh, somebody who I think could be pretty special. And I, I didn't see enough where I was comfortable putting him and saying, oh my God, he's as talented as Mixon or as nearly as Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley is the best running back prospect I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So he's not in that. He's not in that tier. But when I watch Miles Sanders, good size, uh, unbelievable burst, great wiggle. And the one thing that I think he really improved upon, and, and this is one thing where you have to be careful, guys can get better at things. And I, I think early in the year, he looked really indecisive. He looked like he wasn't seeing things right. And sometimes you think for running back, uh, for David Montgomery, it lasted all season. And then all of a sudden, the the light switch just came on for Miles Sanders. They, I, I think Deuce Staley, who's the running backs coach in Philadelphia, who's one of the more underrated coaches in the NFL, just does an unbelievable job getting the backs in there and 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 making them effective. Look what they did with Boston Scott. Mm -hmm. You know, like just getting guys out there and putting them in a position to succeed. The things he did as a receiver, the fact that I think that Philly offense is going to be better, it can't be worse than last year. It has to be healthier. Um, they, and if Deshaun Jackson goes down again, at the very least, they drafted guys with some speed. Um, so they'll have a, a little bit more field stretching ability. Miles Sanders, I, I don't view him as, for right now, a committee back. I know they looked into Carlos Hyde, and they might be looking into Deshaun McCoy, and they might be looking into Devontae Freeman. But I really, truly just view those guys as an insurance policy. I think this guy is a stud. I think Doug Peterson finally has the guy that he's going to feel comfortable giving all those touches to. Um, I think he's got a chance to be listed next year in that tier of guys where you're like, that's one of the most talented backs in football. We talk about the running back position as such an opportunity type spot but I truly believe he's got the chance to be talked about as one of the best running backs in all of football. Um, here's I brought up a scouting report. Um, you might be familiar with Greg Cosell's work. Mm -hmm. He's he's up at Fantasy Points. I just brought up a scouting report that Greg uh, wrote about Sanders last year when he was actually higher on him than a lot of people were. Um, Greg had him ranked as the second best prospect in the running back class coming out of Penn State behind only Josh Jacobs. And so Greg obviously had a hit rate here, and he says, Sanders is one of the best running back prospects in this dra draft class. I could easily make the argument that he is RB2 behind Josh Jacobs. Sanders has the needed size and running and receiving traits to be a three-down back in the NFL. He is a smooth and fluid runner with natural patience and vision. Remember that there's, there is a little bit of a disconnect sometimes between patience and being too impatient like David Montgomery was last yep. year. And I think Sanders struggled with that early in the season. And the lateral quickness and making mistreats at all three levels of the defense. He also exhibited excellent balance and deceptive power. My sense is Sanders is just scratching the surface of what he can be, given that he carried the ball less than 300 times in his college career. He is a feel and rhythm runner needs, and I believe he can be. He needs to be, and I believe he can be a volume runner at the NFL level once he makes the necessary adjustments to the NFL game. So this is not a scat back. That is not his profile. You know, he he has the lower body strength. He's got the well-rounded skill set. Oh, and by the way, he improved as a pass protector as the year went on as well. And now for fantasy, um, that we don't want our running backs pass protecting for fantasy because it means they're not running around. But 
that keeps guys on the field. So coaches then trust them to play on third downs. They trust to put them in there on third downs if the quarterback has to adjust his protection schemes and keep a running back in. That's very important. So Miles Sanders excelled at those things, playing where Darren Sproles would have if Darren Sproles was healthy. I, I full just a complete breakout type of candidate. I will be honest. Although I understand the Kenyon Drake thing, I don't understand drafting him over Miles Sanders. I, I just don't get it. I, I, I think Sanders. That's the correct answer right Ooh, there. All right. I, that. I, I, I like I and I like Drake this year. Oh, yeah. But just watching these two guys when I was doing our running back profiles, there's no comparison. Oh, yeah. Like Sanders, Sanders is the total package. I think I think Drake has great straight line burst. Mm-hmm. He's a good receiver. There's nothing against him. I just think Sanders is way closer to the elite prospect, the, the elite running back, than he is just kind of a guy who's in a good spot. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, just hearing that film report on him, just music to my ears. I'm sitting here just smiling. I, I love Miles Sanders. And you mentioned the passing catching ability and how running routes with the offensive line a list of running backs that ran more pass routes than miles sanders which was 208 in weeks 11 to 17 when jordan howard was out cmc zeke and fournette just three guys over that so he's going to be used in the back i believe that was also graham barfield who found that so yeah, and only one fournette isn't even a good receiver exactly like, or or <laughs> or he's a capable one but he's not somebody who's running wheel routes and and seam routes i think and he played wide receiver in high school i'm not 100 sure fournette did but he's not running those routes like you said it's more like swing yeah low routes. not in the end not not in the nfl um so it just goes to show you what the eagles thought of him now keep in mind the Eagles also had a unique circumstance where Miles Sanders, a running back, was their most explosive receiver. That shouldn't happen in yeah. the NFL. Uh, but but he, what you illustrated is he has that skill set. And the fact that he was trusted to do that as a rookie as is a, a great As a rookie. That's the biggest thing, too. As yeah. a rookie. You mentioned people can improve upon things. He's been working hard this offseason on Twitter. You can see that he says MVP season. He's been training with his friend Saquon Barkley. I don't know if people may have heard of him. He's pretty good at this whole football yeah. thing as well. So, you know, they're pulling trucks together. I mean, that's a nice little duo there. Last season, per Evan Silva, I mean, Miles Sanders' season is still going underlooked a little bit, too. I mean, the hype's getting there, obviously. Everyone on Twitter is saying, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders. But 11th most total yards by a rookie in the last decade, running back in the last decade. Sixth most receiving yards by a rookie running back in the last decade. He shot in pass protection and only two fumbles on his 229 touches. And that was his biggest college flaw was fumbling problems. So only did it twice. He got better every single week as well. And those numbers with him being 11 most all-time among rookie running backs in t- yards, six most receiving yards, this is playing behind or sharing carries with Jordan Howard for the majority of the season. So now you're going to mm-hmm. give him a full workload. They didn't bring anyone in. Even if they bring in a Devonta Freeman, I'm not worried about that. That's going to be a $1 million deal, a $2 million deal, something small like that, just there. Miles Sanders, Doug Peterson likes Miles Sanders. That's a big thing too. And if you held on to him last year when you drafted him, he was the third and seventh best running backs in weeks 15 and 16 to help you win a championship. He had 3.25 yards after contact per rush attempt, sixth in the league among running backs, fifth in juke rate, which is a beta tackles per touch. I mean, I'm all there. Doug Peterson's a good coach. You want context? Here's the context. Doug Peterson, good coach. They have a good offensive line. No running back by committee. I mean, Scott's going to get some touches here and there, but it's not going to be like a 50-50 or 60-40 split. I think you're going to see 70% Miles Sanders off the back. 80 targets is easily in the range of outcomes this year, and he was sixth among all running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends in red zone catch percentage. The one game that kind of resonates with me is against the Vikings. He had he was routes down the field going 30 yards down the field, just running routes like a wide receiver. So he has the skill set. I'm all in on Miles Sanders. I, I'm with JJ on the bold prediction, him finishing top three. He's my RB6 right now. I'm going to probably keep creeping him up 
because you never really have this guy too high unless you get him to the top two, which I don't think anyone's going to really want to put him ahead of Barkley or McCaffrey. So I'm all in on Miles Sanders. I mean, if that's my bold prediction right there, I'll say it with J.J., top three running back this year in fantasy. He's going to be a first-round pick next year. No questions about it. Get him in Dynasty if you can. I'd overpay for him. I don't even care. I'll give whatever it takes to get Miles Sanders. But before we get you out of here, Joe, I need a bold prediction from you. And when I say bold, I need to go very bold. And then when you get to there, I want you to go even more bolder than that. I need a bold, bold prediction from you. I'm going to go with this one because we've talked about him on the show already. I think Joe Burrow is a QB1 for fantasy. Cincinnati offense, sneaky fantasy assets. Cincinnati, Carolina are two teams I think people aren't really talking much about. So I'm all in on Cincinnati offense this year for the reasons you mentioned. With those weapons, Joe Burrow, definitely my favorite late-round quarterback target. Anything else you want to add on any of these running backs we talk about today? You just go get Mixon uh, and Sanders. That's, that's I just love. I mean, those are my two. Those are my two. Like them and Kamara are my favorite first-round picks. I, and I know everybody's going nuts on Miles Sanders, but I kind of. I. I mean, it's hard for me to. It's hard to, to stop. You can't pass him up. <laughs> it's just hard to stop it. And like, when have the Philadelphia Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree? Mm-hmm. When have running backs not been anything but useful in that system? I'm trying to think. Can't. <laughs> it's just this is not a time. You know, it's why everybody loves Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like they spent a first-round pick on him. It's just, it, just go back all those days, and and that counts to when Peterson was playing for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. They had Deuce Staley. I mean, like, and Deuce is now the running backs coach there. You know, it's like this all these this relationship. That I mean, just the only knock against Miles Sanders is oh, it's Doug Peterson and he uses a committee. Okay, he used one last year. Miles Sanders was a league winner. So, <laughs> the year before they, that, so they didn't I, have Miles Sanders. They had Josh Adams and whatever you want to put together. Wendell Smallwood. Now you got Miles Sanders. They like him. They took him in the second round of the NFL draft, and he looks like he's committed by not signing Hyde, not really bringing anyone in the draft, which people thought they could bring in a rookie running back. He's committed to Miles Sanders. Like it's, the actions are speaking louder than words at this point. So I'm all in on yeah. Miles Sanders. If people don't know, where can they find you on Twitter and what do you do in the fantasy industry? So uh, you can find me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Fun guy. Dolan, like Kawhi Leonard. Um, you can listen to me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. And you can, of course, find me at FantasyPoints.com, where I am the managing editor. Plenty of great things coming uh, this season, for sure. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Great site, great team of writers and all of that. So definitely go check it out and subscribe to them. It's worth the money at this point. Great analyst, great everything. Thank you, Joe, for coming on. If you guys made it this far, subscribe if you're new, and we'll be back with another episode next time. Thanks for everyone who tuned into the live stream, too. We'll be back, I believe, next week. We have one with Ben Cummins coming on, so stay tuned for that.